Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born. And unto us, oh yeah, unto me. Everybody say unto me. For unto us a child is born. Unto me a Savior is given. We see immediately right here in Isaiah 9 the personal nature of Jesus' birth. Man, I'm excited this morning about this. That Jesus came not, not for a government, not for some philosophical idea, but Jesus came for me. Unto me a child is given. Unto you a a Savior was given. It wasn't a Savior sent, but a Savior given. Jesus came for you and I. Jesus came and laid down his life for me. That's exciting news this morning. The, the uh, Apostle John echoed this in John chapter 1 and verse 14. He said, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And and of his fullness, everybody say fullness. And of his fullness, we have all received grace for grace. Oh yeah, unto me a Savior is born. And I beheld his glory, John said. We beheld his glory. It was the, the, this glory of the Father, the glory of God became tangible and dwelt among us. This, this word, the word logos, the logos, this Greek word logos, the idea, the expression of God himself became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. And of his fullness, man, I love that word, of his fullness. He is a lavish God. He is an extravagant God. He is an overflowing God. There is no end to his supply. He's an eternal God. And like, a, like an eternal king, he overflows. He lavishly pours out his grace upon us. He's pouring out grace for grace. This supernatural power of God at work in our lives to transform us, to change us, to make us more into the image of Christ is at work. Grace for grace. Power of God at work. Transforming power of God at work in our lives. In this that Christ came, he was, he was a child born, a child given. In this we see his humility. Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, reigning and ruling all things. He was sitting in heaven enjoying the relationship with his Father. Condescends his, his heavenly rule, his heavenly authority. Condescends, he, he humbles himself and becomes not, not just an earthly king. He doesn't just take an earthly kingdom and rule as an earthly king. No, he takes the, the very nature and, and becomes a baby. He takes on the form of a baby is born not, not in a kingdom, not in a palace, but born in a manger. He humbles himself and becomes born as a baby to us. Luke chapter 2 says, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped and swaddling cloths lying in a manger. Oh, this child, this baby, the baby of Jesus, born in a manger for you and I. We see not only his humility, we see in this his exaltation. <coughs> 
in Luke chapter 1, and verse 31 says, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. The, the humility of Christ coming as a baby, but in, in his coming, in his coming as a baby, we see the exaltation of Christ ruling and reigning over all things. In Hebrews chapter 1, it says, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past by the fathers, to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to you and I by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. And I love this verse, Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3. One of my favorite verses <clears throat> says, Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things. Say, upholding all things. You say it, upholding all things. By what? The word of his power. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father this morning, upholding all things by the word of his power. He's ruling and reigning over all things. Not only did he humble himself, but he was exalted, King of kings and Lord of lords. Isaiah 9 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name Oh yeah, his name. You know, in, the, in somebody's name, you, you begin to know and understand their character. You begin to know and, and, and remember the, the nature of their birth and, and who they are, what they mean. When you go through and you name your kids' names, you're reminded of that birth experience. You're reminded of maybe their character or their, who they are, or things that they've done or said through the years. And as we say and reflect on the name of Jesus, we're reminded of his character. We're reminded of his goodness. We're reminded of the nature of Jesus this morning. This is what Isaiah said about his name. His name will be called Wonderful. This, world, this word wonderful it means marvelous. It means miraculous. His name is wonderful. He's marvelous. He's miraculous. There's none like him. Philippians 2 verses 9 through 11 says, Therefore, God also is highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven, those on earth, those under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> with nothing like a, a, a attack to keep you from, I was actually feeling good until I got up and started preaching, nothing like an attack to try to keep you from preaching the gospel. Every, every knee, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I don't know about you this morning, but, but my, my Jesus, even though he was born, he was born as a baby in a manger. He rules, as we said earlier, all things by the word of his power. He, he rules all things by the word of his power. And, and throughout scripture, throughout the New Testament, we see the wonderful, mir miracle-working power of Jesus affecting the lives of those he 
minister to. One of those stories that I think of specifically was the paralytic man. Here's Jesus in, in the house. He's, he's teaching to these people in the house, and there's, there's such a crowd. There's such a crowd that he's teaching all of these people. They're jam-packed in. And the, the friends of the paralytic man, they can't get him in. They can't get him into the house. And so they decide, okay, well, if we can't get in through the front door, we'll make our own opening. And they go to the roof, and they begin to tear open the roof and let down the paralyzed man through the roof. Jesus moved with compassion. Jesus sees their faith, says to the man, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees who are sitting around uh, judging and, and making criticisms in their heart about Jesus' ministry says, it, it, what's easier for me to say your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? And so Jesus says, just so that you would know, just so that you'll know, hey, get up off, off your lame bed, get up off the mat and walk. Oh, the wonderful nature of Jesus. I don't know what you're facing this morning, but Jesus is wonderful for you. He's miraculous for you. He wants to do something supernatural in your life. He wants to work miracles, signs, and wonders in your life. He wants to work miracles, signs, and wonders through your life. We're called to live a New Testament. I think about this, this name, Jesus. We're wonderful, Jesus. We're called to live a life of miracles, signs, and wonders. New Testament church, New Testament ministry is full of signs and wonders. Oh, the name of Jesus, this wonderful, miraculous name of Jesus being exalted through signs and wonders. He's as Isaiah says, not only is his name wonderful, he's counselor, he's full of counsel, he's full of wisdom. Psalms 119.105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. He gives counsel and wisdom for every situation that you face this morning. No matter what you're going through or circumstance may be, he can give you wisdom and counsel how to face that. Mark chapter 13 and verse 54 says, when he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Jesus as we said earlier in John chapter 1, he was the word made flesh. That word logos, the Greek philosopher Heraclitus, you've probably heard me teach this before, had a philosophy that, that there was a, a, a power that held all things in the universe in order. Kept everything out of cosmos, or out of chaos, <coughs> and into cosmos. Kept everything in order. And the term that he used to describe this power was the word logos. And so John writes here in John 1 and says the logos. In the beginning was the logos. And the logos was God, with God. And the logos was God. This, this power that holds all things in order is Jesus himself. This power that keeps things in your life out of chaos and into cosmos is Jesus. The, this power, this wisdom, this expression of God is Jesus himself. <clears throat> He's a mighty God. Isaiah says he's a mighty God. <clears throat> Isaiah says he's a mighty God. <clears throat> I'm just making sure you're all still out there this morning. You know, when the preacher starts having trouble with his voice, that means you just got to get louder. 
It's funny that Isaiah would use the term mighty God here be, with, with, the, with the understanding that unto us a child is born. You would not compare a child and mighty God. You probably wouldn't say of a child that he's mighty. Oh, but what a reflection here of the might of God. What a reflection. He is, Jesus is the power of God displayed. Jesus is the, the power of God at work. Jesus is the power and display of the power of God. This son, as we said earlier, was not a baby uh, Sent. Jesus didn't come as, as sent. He gave. He willingly gave his life. He laid down his life. Became our redeemer. Job 19.25 says that he is he's mighty as our redeemer. For I know, Job said, in the middle of sickness, in the middle of turmoil in his life, I know my redeemer lives. Can you say that this morning? I know that my Redeemer lives. In spite of what I'm facing, he's still mighty God. In spite, of, in spite of circumstances of life, he's still a mighty God. Even though I don't feel good, he's still mighty God. Even though my bank account doesn't have the numbers I want to see, he's still mighty God. Even though the bill's still coming, he's still, even though my family, he's still mighty God. He's still my Redeemer. And he shall stand at last on on the earth and after my skin is destroyed this I know that in my flesh I shall see God I I may not like the circumstances I may not it may not always be easy but I know that my God is still mighty to save Ze Zephaniah 3:17 says the Lord your God in your midst the mighty one will save he will rejoice over you with gladness he will quiet you with his love he will rejoice over you with singing your God is mighty to save this morning no matter what your circumstance is he is mighty to save He's in the midst of you. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He's rejoicing. Do you know that right now, this moment, Jesus is singing over your life? He's singing songs of joy. If you can just begin, we, every once in a while we'll sing that song, catch the song above your head. There, there's, a, there's a song, there's a melody in heaven right now. There's a, there's a melody in the, in the spiritual world right now, and it's Jesus. I, I love when Jesus was going out to the garden. He's on his way to his death, and on the way with his disciples, the Bible says, and they sang a hymn. What did it sound like when Jesus began to sing a hymn? I mean, what? What does Jesus sing about when he sings to him? I mean, what, what does that sound like? He begins, the Bible says, he sings the songs of joy. He rejoices over you and rejoices over you with singing, Zephaniah says. Paul said in 2 Timothy, I know whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed to him until that day. Not only is he mighty to save, he's mighty to keep. My mighty God, he, he shall, he does, he will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He is, he is wonderful. He is the counselor. He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting father. He's the ancient of days, Daniel 7.13 says. His kingdom is from everlasting to everlasting, Psalms 145. Revelation 
Revelation says he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, which was, and is to come. He's everlasting. He's eternal. Being that God is an eternal God. Whoo, Jesus. Being that he is an eternal God means that there is an eternal supply of his love, of his character, of his nature. I can't run his character dry. I just keep relying on him. God, I need more. I need more. I need more of you, Jesus. In John chapter 11, Jesus told Martha, Jesus told Martha at the death of Lazarus, Martha, I know you're upset about this, but listen to what I have to say. I'm the resurrection and the life. Martha, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. He's the everlasting Father. He's the eternal Father. Oh yeah, He is an endless ocean. He is an endless supply. His love is endless for you and I this morning. Uh, maybe you've never tasted of His love. Maybe you've never experienced His love for yourself. Or maybe it's been a long time. But oh, His love is eternal. It is a vast supply. If you'll just begin to wade out into the waters this morning. I promise. Whew, I promise if you'll wade out into the waters of His love this morning. There is ample supply for you and I that you can begin to drink maybe just cupfuls at a time. Maybe, you, maybe you've had your cupfuls and you're tired of the cup and you just want to dive in this morning. That's okay. Feel free to just launch out into the deep as the old hymn says. Launch out into the deep and let the shoreline go. Launch out. His love is endless for you and I this morning. If he's an everlasting God, his love is eternal. He wants to transform your life this morning. He's a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, all of these things. Principe, it, 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 they all signify his transforming work in your life. He wants to work a miracle in your life. He wants to give you supernatural wisdom and direction for your life. He's mighty to save. He's mighty to keep. He wants to bring his eternal, everlasting love in your life. And he wants to bring his peace. He says, Isaiah says, he is the prince of peace. He is the Prince of Peace, that word, shalom, wholeness, yeah, wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. He wants to bring his peace in your life this morning. The kingdom of God, we said it earlier, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Philippians says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Oh yeah. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. What about you this morning? What about you this morning? Can you say... Can you say like Isaiah, unto me a child is born. Un, unto me a child is born. 
He is the wonderful. He is wonderful God. He is the wonderful counselor. Yeah, and I'm receiving. I'm receiving the counsel of heaven this morning. Can you say that this morning? That, that you've tasted, that you've seen, that you've experienced what, what the shepherds saw. Whew, what the shepherds saw at that manger. Can you, can you begin to imagine with me this morning what, when they saw, when they looked into the manger, that, 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 that birth of Christ, knowing the, knowing the Isaiah 9, that unto us the child is born. This baby, this baby that's lying here in the manger, this, this baby that's surrounded, this baby that's surrounded by the animals, this baby that's not born into a king's palace, this baby whose glory is going to be that of a, of a cross, this, this baby who's born to suffer and die. Oh, this baby is wonderful. <laughs> this baby is wonderful. Counselor. Yeah, yeah. He is the mighty God. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the everlasting Father. It is. This is. This baby, this child, as we step into the holiday season. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't forget to take a look in the manger. <laughs> We can we can look at look at all the all the gifts and the lights and the festivities and all that's happening. But don't forget, don't forget unto us the child is born. Unto us the son is given. Thank you, Jesus. Grace, why don't you come back? Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we want to. Take a look this morning again, Lord, in the manger. Lord, we, we don't want to forget the greatness. We don't want to forget the greatness of the baby that was born. Unto us a child is given. Lord, help us to not forget. Wonderful counselor, mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Lord, you're bringing peace to every area of our lives. Bringing counsel, bringing wisdom, working miracles. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you stand with me this morning? I know not to push my luck this morning with my voice. <laughs> Thank you. So you get the benefit of me closing earlier than usual. <clears throat> oh, but Lord. You know, you might be, you might be here this morning. You, you may have heard this scripture a dozen times over. It's on Christmas cards. Hallmark uses it. But it doesn't mean that we have the understanding of the reality of this scripture. Unto us, a child is born. Unto me, a child is born. He's wonderful. He's counselor. He's the everlasting father. He's prince of peace. He's the mighty God. Lord, 
I don't want to forget. I don't want just a head knowledge. I don't want just a scripture or a phrase stuck in my mind. I want the reality of that in my life. I want the reality of that in my life. Maybe you're here this morning and you've heard it before. Maybe you've not heard this scripture. It doesn't matter. But how is it with your soul this morning? How is it between you and the baby that was born? How is it between you and Jesus this morning? How is it with you and Jesus this morning? Do you know him as your wonderful counselor? Do you know him as mighty God? Do you know him as Prince of Peace? Do you know him? Do you know him this morning as those things in your life? Or is it just words on a page? Do you know him for yourself? Do you know, do you know this Jesus? How is it with you and Jesus this morning? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, I thank you. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for every person in this room. Lord, that if we have a relationship with you, Lord, these things can become so real. They don't have to be words on a page. They can be life. They can be real to us every day of our lives. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that those in this room that are away from you, that maybe have once had a relationship with you, it's maybe they've never had. Holy Spirit, Spirit, that, Spirit, that, Spirit that, you, that you would begin to convict them. Lord, I think you're convicting. Lord, that you're beginning to tug on their hearts this morning. Lord, that the reality of Christ would be real for them before they leave this place this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you're here this morning. How is it with your soul? Do you know Jesus personally for yourself? I want to invite you to know Jesus. I want to introduce you. I want to invite you to know Jesus this morning. You can leave here today knowing, knowing this wonderful counselor, mighty God, Prince of Peace, everlasting Father yourself. If you're here this morning and you would say, I need Jesus in my life. I want to make sure before I leave this place today that all things are well between me and Jesus. Why don't you lift your hand this morning? Anyone this morning, just lift your hands right where you're at this morning. Lift it high. Thank you, Jesus. I want to make sure before I leave this place this morning that all things are well between me and Jesus. Anyone this morning, just lift your hand right where you're at. We'll wait just for a moment. My second thought for you is this. We're in Christmas season. We have tonight, we have a Christmas singing. We have a Southern Gospel group coming in at 6, 6 o'clock tonight. I hope you can make it. We have Christmas parties. We, next, next Sunday, we have a family Christmas. Grandma Christmas will be here and we have all sorts of things going on. Simeon will be here in a couple weeks. And Simeon's from the Bible. You can check out. So we have all sorts of stuff going on. Who is it that God has in your path that needs to know this wonderful counselor, mighty God, Prince of Peace? Who is it that's in your life? Are you ministering to someone? Are you reaching out to someone on a regular basis? Is there someone in your life is there someone in your life that you are Jesus to, that you're being Christ to them on a daily, 
basis. Who is that person? Some of you this morning don't have a name coming to your mind. Some of you immediately start thinking of names, but there are those probably here this morning, you don't have a specific person that you are actively, regularly being Christ. Scary. Unto me a child is born. Unto me a Savior is given. How can I but not share? How can I but not give what's been given to me? How can I but not give away what's been given to me? And so I want to encourage you, over the next few weeks, bring that person. Invite them. It may take 10 invitations and a few postcards and whatever. Bring them to church. Bring them to one of the parties. Bring them. Just get them here. Bring them to church. Our lives ought to be given on a daily basis for those around us. Wednesday night I talked about Mary telling the servants whatever Jesus tells you to do, you do it. He didn't she didn't say let the disciples do it. She didn't say let the host of the party do it. You do it. If people in this area are going to have an encounter with God, it's going to become it's going to be because you gave something away. You gave what you've received to someone else. So this Christmas season, instead of giving a bunch of gifts and give your gifts, but but instead of focusing on giving the gifts, give Jesus to someone around you. 